Hey, I'm Spencer. And I'm Britton. Since 2011, Buckethead has released 288 albums in his bike series. And we're going to listen to them. Three at a time. This is Getting Head. Welcome, bot slogs, friends, and bucketheads. This is episode 34 of Getting Head, a bucket cast. This podcast is older than both of us now. How do you feel about that? Great. Great. <laughs> as, as you should. You're you're not going to have anything for the number 35 next week. How do you feel about that? <laughs> so good. <laughs> now that it's out of uh, yeah. age range, yeah. It, it's out of it's out of everything that we need to care about mm. as um uh, as a like we were talking about earlier as a community here yes. at Getting Head, a yeah. bucket cast. We have decided um uh we've uh, been recently um Invited onto a couple uh, Guns and Roses podcasts, which uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about in the near future, probably. Um, but uh, they, it seems that there's like this community of Guns and Roses podcasts, and uh, yeah, we have decided that we, um, as the two sole Buckethead podcasters uh-huh. in the universe, are a community of our own. Indeed, yes, we we are a community of two. Um, should you decide to start a competing Buckethead co- uh, podcast, we will destroy you, but also befriend you. Yeah, yeah, we will like, um, uh, we will sodomize you in like, in a business sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is our market. Okay, like we've cornered this market. We're the yeah. dominant um, uh, force. Yeah, like, um, around here. So. You're just going to have to deal with that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you can't steal our advertisers because we're never going to have any. So exactly. Look, look at who is already losing before they begin. Mm-hmm. Us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Us. That's true. It's yeah. us. Yeah. We're, we're as, as the only two members of this community, that means we both have to wear a lot of hats, you know? So it's like uh, a lot of, a lot of buckets, a lot of buckets. Yeah, <laughs> Indeed. So. Yeah. No, thanks for correcting me. Um, you know, you gotta be like, uh, we have to be everything. We have to be our own enemies as well, you know, thus the reason for this niche content. Yes. Um, in the words of Lit, uh, it's no surprise to me, sometimes we are our, our own, own worst, worst enemy. enemy. Absolutely. Indeed. You, lo- you love to see him. Love to hear him. You do. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. What, what happened to the vocalist that, like, jumps a bunch, like the guy from Lit? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And they do that jump where they, like... Kind of like it's it's primarily like lifting and bending your legs, yeah, so it it's looks a, like it's, you're jumping yeah, it's, higher. It's tucking the knees. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The tucking the knees jump really yeah. is like that's that was a staple of new metal performance, very much. Um, so. But but also not just new metal performance. It just the bands of that era, you know, the late '90s, early 2000s. That was a very, very much a thing. Very much so. But I mean, going back like to see like uh, the the genesis of that like. Um, Phil and Salmo was definitely doing that. You oh, know, yeah. Back, oh, yeah. Although it was like in you know more like a southern only wearing shorts kind of context. Well, I mean, we we all kind of know that 
you know, new metal, I don't think would exist if not for Pantera. That's very true. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. They're new metal grandpas. They really, they're proto new metal in the way, which was weird because they were contemporaries of Korn who was like the new, the first new metal band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, they were around before Korn and I think Korn definitely took cues off of uh, Pantera's, you know, first major release, uh, Cowboys from Hell anyway. Their first major label release. Major label release. Well, it's their first <clears throat> uh, non-self-released. Or it was like Dimebag Daryl's dad. Uh, yeah, wasn't that, it was like his dad and his uncle that like recorded their records yeah. and like produced them or yep, something like that's that? That's correct, yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting because all of their albums have amazing production. The, like, well, so, so they only uh, recorded and produced the first four, uh, and then all of their other ones were rec- recorded at that recording studio, but not produced by the, the dad. So interesting. Not not any of their major label release stuff. Huh. No. Yeah. Well, this is getting Pantera a, a racist, racist cast. cast. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, we that did was, it. Uh, yeah, that was very, that, that, that's a that's a live moment you could only have yeah. in person. You know. <laughs> yeah. This is our are you talking to me? Uh, no way, punk podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, well. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic! That's great. What's new, Brit? How's it going? Uh, not much, you know. Thinking about how Pantera is definitely probably racist. Oh, dude, yeah, for sure. I mean, but we- like, okay, so like their brand of racism is like the the kind of racism where you get you have a lot of their friends defending them, being like, oh no, 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 they're not racist. They just don't think about that stuff. Yeah, it's you know, like, it's like it's like that kind of stuff where it's not like I I, I doubt that they were saying like. Let's kill all black people. Right. But also, they were probably saying disparaging remarks about certain races. Yeah, they're like they they weren't like, hey, let's bring slavery back, but they were like, hey, let's put the Confederate flag on all of our merch. Yeah, and and you know, I'm willing to I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt in the in the sense that like I would bet at least a few members of that band just don't know the history of the Confederacy at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, and just just have no idea. I would I would <laughs> not be surprised if all of them were always drunk and or stoned and just don't give a fuck about history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, uh, you yeah. know, actually, what would be more surprising if any of them did give a fuck about history? Yeah, yeah. Imagine like Dimebag in like uh, he was like a. Imagine if he was like a Civil War reenactor, <laughs> or like he, you know, he's called Rex Brown because he went to Brown University. <laughs> he's st- he studied paleontology. Okay, <laughs> yeah. um, he's into dinosaur bones. Man. Exactly. Yeah. T- we called him T Rex Brown for a long time, but you know, <laughs> we lost the T after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, well, you know that's the thing you do. Yeah. Uh, what you've been getting up to? I don't know, just jerking, smirking. working and jerking, making a lot of memes lately. A lot yeah, more yeah, yeah. Meme account, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, this is what happens when you have enough time. You, you mean, um, yeah, I, I have like reverse seasonal depression, <laughs> where I just get depressed in the summer and just make a lot of memes. So yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. nice out lately, so I've been holding up indoors and just uh, yeah. Making uh, memes about cum, mostly. Uh, that's 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 the uh, the hot topic among the memers. Uh, cum and top right now are real <laughs> real hot properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly. What have you been up to, Spencer? Oh, that's a great question. Um, okay, so it's been getting hot here in Seattle, and 
As a result, I have uh, reinstalled my air conditioner. I have like a window mounted mm-hmm. unit. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's awesome. It's fantastic. But my problem with it is that I set it up the other day, literally like a couple hours after I set it up, my neighbors started texting me and are like, it's too loud. Your air conditioner, blah, blah, blah. You know, so dumb. Yeah. So I, I was like, cool, I'm going to work with these people. I'm going to be nice to them. Be like, okay, cool. I will go get uh, this air conditioner insulation stuff. So it's basically just, it's just foam that you put around it. It's supposed to minimize vibration, make it yeah, quieter. No. It doesn't really do much. Um, <laughs> but I was like, cool, I'm going to go do all this stuff. So I, I bought all this stuff and I installed it and I like, took pictures and I texted it to them. And I was like, hey, look, I did all these things. Like, you know, I just don't want them to like narc on me to the, like the, property manager person are you not supposed to have an air conditioner no no i mean i'm sure it's fine i just i just don't want to get in a fight with a property right, manager right. you know what i mean i, I just don't like dealing with people <clears throat> yeah so. yeah no no 100 percent. see me either so that's yeah. why i'm trying to avoid it right um so that's occupied most of my week but then like as soon as i installed all that stuff i left it running for like three days straight and it was fucking amazing oh yeah oh so good love me some air conditioning you know air conditioning is a thing that like growing up in alaska i did not experience a ton you know because alaska like you don't need fucking air conditioning they they have it in some grocery stores in the summer and that's it like other than that it's it just doesn't you don't have it because you don't need it no why why would you why would you even want it yeah, I know. And in a place where it's winter for almost eight months of the year. Yeah. Uh, actually, like, almost nine months of the year. Yeah. Alaska fucking blows. It does. It's, it's yeah. pretty much like the end of September until like m- end of May, usually. It's kind mm-hmm. of winter there. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I should... Why am I... Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. So, okay. I've been doing that. I've been battling those people. Um, there was a holiday this past weekend. It was Memorial Day. And at my work, we had this like very uncomfortable meeting where like this manager that nobody likes uh, (laughs) gave this very long, uncomfortable talk about how like we should be grateful for the military and all this dumb bullshit. Everyone hated it. It was terrible. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But anyways, working in the service industry on uh, holidays is fucking dog shit and like it's been that way my entire life i've always worked in the service industry right um or in some respect yeah um so it's always so fucking busy and like the people that have that day off never seem to understand that other people don't have that day off Mm -hmm. like i don't know yeah they suck yeah well people in general suck yeah yeah yeah. but especially like normal people that work like fucking Nine to five, Monday through Friday, shit. Get mm. like holidays and weekends off. People who have Man. bank holidays. Yeah, fuck like, those people. Yeah, that, that fuck you. Nobody, no, no. Yeah, or I mean, like it, it's not that. It's just like everyone should have that off. You know what's a fucked up thing? What? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm dark. I'm going dark today. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> whoa. Okay. You know what's a fucked up thing? What's that? I have never once had Labor Day off. Wow. I have worked every single Labor Day since I have been working. Yeah. Like, That's that is a day that laborers, people who are working, yeah. should get off. And I, as a, like, uh, you know, person that works in industries that mm. are not as important, yeah. quote unquote, um, as some other industries, like, I just don't get that off. In my last job, um, that was a paid holiday for us. That and May 1st. 
Nice. Yeah. Mayday. That those were the I've, only two holidays even, we got is, off. I've now. never heard of Mayday. What is Mayday? Mayday's uh, International Workers Day. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, so, so no, sorry, I, I've it, heard of it, but yeah, I, mean, I don't it, know what it's it like. Is. Labor Day for like the rest of the world, basically. Hmm. Oh. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, that would be something nice to to have off. Yeah. Um. Outside of that, okay. Here's a fun thing I did. I went and I I was gonna go get some beers with some coworkers at this brewery uh, by my work. And I just like didn't really want to walk over there, but I was walking over there anyway because I mean I don't want to drink and drive, you know. Pussy. And- <laughs> yes. Um, and so I rented one of those scooters, the motorized scooters that you can rent. I was rent thinking with your about phone. doing that the other day too, but I didn't. What'd you think? It was fantastic. Really? Okay. I mean, it felt incredibly dangerous, but also That's what I've heard, it was yeah. very fun. Yeah. So the one that I rented, it capped out at about 15 miles per hour. That's still pretty fast. Which is pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. And as a result, like I was just like cruising down the road on this thing and it was a uh, it was fun, but I was also like I'm not wearing a helmet. If a car hits me, I will die. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, there's that. If I hit a rock too hard, I will die. <laughs> yeah. Like it it was a little stressful, but I do recommend them. Uh, cool. pretty fun yeah. good way like I would say it would be a safe thing to do maybe on like a bike trail yeah or like maybe in like the industrial district or something roads that aren't heavily traveled really oh but those roads are so shitty yeah like, they it would be really hard to get yeah, around over right. there yeah yeah cause I, I rode one of those like electric bikes down there one mm. time yeah and like that shit was sucked <laughs> I bet yeah hell yeah but anyways rent rent a rent a scooter it's uh it's okay cool yeah I don't know. Sick. Brit. Yeah, what's up? Will you hit me with a bucket fact? I can do that. Bucket fact, 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 bucket fact. Now, uh, you may remember uh, we had a Buckethead 9-11 fact uh, back in episode 19 where um, yeah. he told producer uh, Extra Kid, uh, well, if the world's going to blow up, I met, might as well be soloing in reference to, uh, having a recording track that day uh, on nine 11 after the planes hit the towers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's, uh, not the only thing in recorded history about Buckethead regarding nine 11. Oh no. <laughs> Tell me more. According to classic rock magazines article from April, 2008 about the making of Chinese democracy. And uh, I'm going to quote here from the article. Mm-hmm. A month after the September 11th attacks on America, band members were watching the news. Thousands of Islamic militants fought with the police in the Pakistani of, uh, city of Karachi, setting fire to cars, buses, and an outlet of Kentucky fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Let's go over to our foreign aids correspondent. Uh, but Buckethead was already on his feet. He wasn't going to take it anymore. That's it, he was yelling, as the screen showed images of the Karachi KFC with flames licking out of its windows. They've gone too far now. I'm joining the army. They are not going to hit KFC. No way. That's it. I can't record anymore. I'm joining the army. Now, we are really at war. Holy shit. And with that, he grabbed his KFC bucket hat, collected some things from his specially built chicken coop in the studio, and left. Some of the guys stayed on a while, but not a lot got done that day. 
That seems like a likely story. I believe that story. Yeah, yeah. I I had actually never like heard of that story before, even in all of my research, and I just kind of came upon it, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, uh, that's pretty. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to open that can. Yeah. Um, uh, that's pretty. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I'm glad he didn't join the army. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's glad he didn't join the army. Ah, so. yeah, right. Because mm, some not great stuff happened in that 2001 to 2005 kind of range. Yeah. I mean. I mean, not great stuff is always happening. All the, the American time, military but. has been doing not great stuff pretty much nonstop since. At least the 1950s. The Korean War kind of kicked off the whole doing really bad shit around the world consistently and mm-hmm, constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not good. You hate to see it. Super bad. Yeah. I think that like that's very in character for Buckethead to take offense to the KFC being burned. I think that's fun in a way. It is. It's uh, it's charming. I mean, the man's got principles. Um, you know, he that's a hill he's willing to die on. Uh, apparently, literally. Yeah. Good for him. It's good to have principles, even if they're about um, protecting a, a Yum Brands franchise fried chicken outlet. In Pakistan. Yeah. Do you do you think um. Do you think Buckethead would uh, like defend the combination KFC and Taco Bell in the same way that he would defend a Taco uh, just, Bell? Just the KFC part. Oh, he it. would. He would like let the Taco Bell side burn, and like if, if both of them were on fire, he would like only hit the extinguisher on the KFC side and just like laugh while the fucking Taco Bell like engulfs yeah, itself. I have to imagine that he's not huge on those combination ones. W- which uh, I mean, which. Which do you think is his favorite and then his least favorite? I'm going to say his least favorite has got to be the KFC Long John Silvers, right? I mean, isn't that everyone's least favorite? It's it's the worst. Uh, <laughs> like, so who actually, wants to go there? So story time. Uh, the one in Alaska is fucking dog shit. I don't remember that. There was one on Where? Lake Otis a little bit before we left. Okay. Um, and I went there one time and I ordered a meal and it was like, um, uh, I think two tenders and then like three fish fillets with fries. And the thing is, okay. they use the same fry oil for absolutely everything. So mm-hmm. the fish tasted exactly like chicken. And I couldn't tell the entire meal exactly which of the five pieces were supposed to be what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both tasted like chickeny fish. Yeah, that that is a common thing. Yeah, um, you it was know. disgusting. Yeah, I, I can always tell, you know. Mm. It's like sometimes I'll be in a relatively rural areas and I'll be at a restaurant and I'll get like fries or whatever. And then I'm like, they use this fryer to make calamari. Mm -hmm. I can tell. Yep. A hundred percent. You know, it it happens. Yeah. Like, uh, every restaurant I've ever worked in, thankfully has always had a separate fryer for, uh, vegetarian slash vegan stuff. And then non vegetarian and vegan stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that, especially when you're working with like food allergies and a lot of vegan stuff, you know, I worked at like Whole Foods and stuff for a long time. So that surprises me. Whole Foods doesn't seem like the sort of place that would care. Um, um, I'm sure like some of the smaller Whole Foods is 
especially like don't and but yeah. you know the bigger you get and like the more scrutiny you have on you you know i worked at mm. uh now you worked at the big one i worked at the whole foods with the top earning like the busiest kitchen of any of them mm-hmm. like yeah god that place sucked <laughs> yeah it was always fun to visit you there yeah it was not fun to work there yeah so. sure didn't seem like it yeah yeah um we listened to three more pikes this week. You didn't do the, your bucket fact thing. Did you want the jab? Yeah. I don't always do the jab. Bucket facts. Thanks. We listened to three more pikes this week. Yeah, we did. Uh, we we made it. We made it to the centennial. Pike 100. 100, baby. Uh, so we listened to pikes 100, 101, and 102. Uh, the Mighty Microscope, In the Hollow Hills, and Sideway Streets, respectively. Indeed. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. We uh, did it. We made it to 100. We made it past 100. How is that? That's amazing. We have now listened to well over 100 Buckethead albums. And like, I think we need to acknowledge that. I mean, that's kind of special. Yeah. We're here. We're we're over one third of the way through the Pikes. So far. Yeah. yeah. Look at yeah that. Congratulations. Anyway, uh, Pike 100, The Mighty Microscope, released mm-hmm. on December 30th. 2014, uh, just five days after the previous Pike Polar Trench. Do you, think, do you think he made this record in like five days? Yeah, yeah, I could, I could actually see that. I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. divided into just three tracks. Um, mm-hmm. There's a good bit of variation on each track, and the three tracks are actually all very different from each other, which I find interesting. Like they're, they're kind of like three different genres, um, but kind of related. Uh, it was, it was pretty good though. But there was a lot of like drag and drop type stuff, and a lot of very extended like soloing sections. Yeah. So this one is this is a funk rock album, right? I'd, I'd uh, say so. I'd say like bluesy funk, funk yeah, rock. I was gonna say definitely a yeah. lot of blues in there. It reminded me actually a lot of um, actually this and the next Pike both reminded me a good bit of uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan at a lot of points. Sure. Cut. I'm not super familiar with Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, basically, like um. A uh, blues rock with a very like '80s feel, but like very funky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, yeah, there there was there's some funk in here. I I thought for this album in particular, like the drum programming was pretty good. It was. Um, this one was one of those ones. It's interesting because like the drum programming is always pretty good, but like some of them are like definitely like better than others. Mm-hmm. This is one of those ones where I was like, the drums feel more real on this one. Yeah. Um, which is good. Yeah, I liked that part of it a lot. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, I, I thought that you would have mostly hated this album because it was so bluesy at so many points. Well, okay, so all three of these are very bluesy records, and you know, I'm on yeah, record as yeah, not yeah, being yeah. not being the the biggest fan of mm-hmm. blues rock. And that being said, though, I didn't hate these. They yeah. they were I thought they were all relatively enjoyable. Yeah. Um, this one. Is I like that this one's a little bit higher energy, um, at least to start, uh, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And the last song, even though it is pretty repetitive, it does have some very emotive soloing, uh, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the soloing, um, the soloing is really hit and miss. Uh, it's it, it's pretty good and bluesy a lot of times, but it's very like bluesy and rote, like very like by the numbers blues a lot of the time. But uh, you know, when you have an album that's 
30 minutes long and like 15 minutes of that album are just soloing, you're probably going to, you know, do some pretty trite stuff at some point. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep it going somehow. These are not super riffy albums, um, or this one is not a super riffy album. Yeah, I'd say the next one much more so is a riffy album. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of parts, though, where, like, uh, he will do, like, guitar with just a doubled bass, and it's a kind of a cool riffy part, like, in transition to basically another long solo section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's very bucket. Yeah, totally, totally. No, not bad? Totally, not bad. Um, yeah, I I thought this one was A-OK. Indeed. Th- not... I, I wouldn't say it was essential if you're listening to the Pikes, but it is no. it is okay. And like I, I'd actually say these three albums, these three Pikes we're listening to this week, uh, fit very well together as like a trilogy of like the Bucket Blues Rock albums. Yeah, 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 no. totally. And they're all like competent. They're very Bucket flavored, and they have a lot of funk elements to them and some metal elements, but like. You know, they're all kind of doing the same thing yeah, yeah. in different ways. Uh, the last album, not as much, just because it's a lot more diverse. But, uh, yeah, you know, they're all pretty good. What did you uh, think this would be a good soundtrack to? Uh, rodeo. Rodeo? I was going to see a barbecue yeah. like, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, Barbecue. Barbecue. Tex- te- Bar- Texas-style Bar- barbecue. Tex-Mex. Barbecue, not Tex-Mex, Texas style barbecue, definitely. Okay, like this is mildly racist uh, buckethead music. No, we don't want that. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh man. Um. Yeah. I. I guess. Yeah. That, that could be okay. Or or like a hat store, like a like a cowboy hat store. Yeah, but I was so I was gonna say that, but like I don't know, like is that sacrilegious to say about Buckethead that there would be a hat store that sells anything but buckets? No, they're like uh, just buckets with a with a cowboy hat brim. Though that is incredible. <laughs> I I will make that meme. Yes, please. <laughs> Yeehaw, yeah. as they say. Just like that that one with the wizard hat with the, the yeah yeah yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I didn't even think about that. That's great. Oh, this is good. This is oh, good. I like this. Yes. So a store mm-hmm. that sells buckets with cowboy hat brims. That is my answer. Final answer. Uh, and zero dollars. <laughs> and the loser is. You still, you got it right, but you still lost. <laughs> <laughs> because you're doing a Buckethead podcast. Pike 101 in the Hollow Hills. Yeah. Released one day later uh, on New Year's, uh, December 31st, 2014. Nice. I like this one more than Pike 100. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of the same thing a little, but it was a lot more dynamic. It it's, was a lot more dynamic. It started yeah. with a very down-tempo song. and Very uh, melodic, yeah. Yeah, uh, gradually built over the next three tracks um, into bumper cars, uh, which was a short track, but I thought the most, like... Um, concentrated track on here mm-hmm. you know it was uh it was a lot of ideas and he displayed them all real well and he didn't get long-winded and then the album uh ends on like a super awesome soft song yeah yeah, yeah. okay i like that song quite a bit it's mm. very very like empty very melodic mm-hmm. very minimalist right um super enjoyable yeah it was like it was pretty much just like a, a couple of pads and then mm-hmm. him playing like a clean electric guitar 
and I think it was just like improvising over yeah, that's what it sounded like. over like uh, a couple different modes or something, and like finger picking most of it. But it it's it was beautiful. Yeah, like, it sounded it was, nice. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it was a good atmosphere. It was yeah. very it was an atmospheric track, obviously, but like it was a good atmosphere, and I enjoyed yeah. it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then you know the the rest of the rest of the album has that like it has a cool building energy, and it's one of those uh, mm-hmm. Buckethead albums that is like super well paced, and then it starts off slow, and you're like. Eh, we should go faster, and then it starts then to go faster, faster. Yeah, yeah. And it like builds up to a momentum to where you're like, oh, I don't want it to go faster because then it's just going to become like funk metal, which I don't need in this album. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then he just cuts it off and plays a fucking slow ambient song. And totally, I, I dig that. So. This is one of those ones that feels more albumy. Yeah, than yeah. some of the other ones, mm-hmm. like in the sense that there's definitely like an artistic cadence to the way the music is structured. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is cool. I, I that's why I like this one a little bit more than Pike One Hundred. Pike One Hundred is very like a lot of the songs kind of feel the same, which is okay. I mean, he was going for a very specific kind of vibe there, mm-hmm. but this one has more variety, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, I, I'd say I definitely say this one was my favorite album of the week. Yeah, same. Same. Oh. Um, this one's a tough one to use as yeah as a soundtrack because it is so diverse. Um, that being said, though, if Buckethead had an animated series mm-hmm. and they did an episode about like Southern dinosaurs, I think that this would be an excellent southern soundtrack. Dinosaurs. Interesting. So, yeah. so like ca- dinosaurs with cowboy hats. Dinosaurs with cowboy hats. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd say this goes in the Buckethead land uh, cigar shop. Interesting. You think there would be, you think Buckethead was, would support such activity? Yeah. Okay. I believe you. I don't I don't think he himself smokes cigars, but like I think he's a live and let live kind of fella. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think he does a lot of like drinking or anything, but I definitely yeah. know he would still have like a bar at Buckethead Land. Yeah. 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 Uh Pike one oh one. Into the hundreds now. Here we go. Oh, that was that was 101. We're on to Pike 102. We are on to 102. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I got it wrong. I got it twisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sideway Streets released on January 13th, 2015. We're into 2015 now. Uh, the last Pike was the last one of 2014. Wow. Uh, if look I'm at not, that. If I'm not mistaken, 2015 is the year with the most Pikes. Ah, if Excellent. I, I believe this is the year when he was releasing a pike uh, on an average, like one every three days. Fuck. Yeah. Well, because this is the year uh, where he releases um, the 31 days of Halloween, where he mm-hmm. puts out 31 albums in 31 days. So, Which hopefully yeah. we're going to try to get to yeah, by, yeah, by October. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we have to do like two a week up until then if we want to do that, but I'm down to do it if you yeah. want to try. Okay. Okay, well, right. well, you heard it here first. We're going to try for Spencer it. Spencer is committing. He said, okay, sure, and kind of looked side-eyed and, like, <laughs> nodded his head reluctantly. Uh, so We're going to try it. I have that on video and audio. Yeah, you do. Um, Love to see it. Sideways Streets, uh, pretty pretty good album. I'd... um. After listening to the previous two, though, it's kind of like them, mm-hmm. but not as good. It's not as upbeat. I mean, it is as upbeat for the first two tracks, but then the third track is kind of just um, one of those like post-Rocky tracks where he just kind of 
noodles around over a bunch of, you know, chord patterns for a this while. This is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah. Sorry. What do you think? I got a burp. Uh, burp. 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 I'm trying. Burp. It doesn't burp. want to come up. Burp. Okay. All right. Uh, this this one was very much like the previous two. It was kind of like a mix of the two. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate it, but also I was a little disappointed that it was so similar. Yeah. Uh, because I was, I just wanted something a little different. I feel you. That said, though, this is a, another one of the circumstances, and I say this all the time, where the format that we have chosen, I feel like, maybe is doing this one a disservice, um, simply because we have grouped together three pikes that are very, very similar. Right, right. Um, so, that being said, I guess my opinion on it is a little biased, um, but... I didn't hate it. Uh, it has some moments that are that are interesting or that are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the last song is kind of fun because yeah. it's like a a melodic kind of thing. Yeah, almost a little post rocky in parts. It's pretty post rocky. Yeah, but the reason I enjoyed that one as much as I did is because while I was listening to it, I picked up a bass and just started jamming along to it. Oh, um, pretty easy to jam to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very simple progression in G minor, mm-hmm. um, which is great on a bass that's tuned to D standard because G minor is just right there. Just boo, there you go, Ba-doo, ba-doo. I don't know. Uh, so I did enjoy that, but uh, it is also, a, it's a very, it's one of those songs where it's um, a pretty simple progression that is repeated a lot of times with some emotive soloing over it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, common theme, uh, Pike 100 also does that at the la- d- during the last song. Yeah, true. Um, but outside of that, I, this one was not super remarkable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was all right. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really just like I, I think it really did suffer from being the third album we listened to this week. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it was similar to the other ones, but I don't think as remarkable. Yeah, exactly. Um, just not not quite as strong, uh, but a lot of similar ideas, right? Um, yep. So a lot of bluesy stuff, a lot of like blues funk stuff. Um, would this one maybe maybe a little bit funkier in some parts? Not not funkier than uh, the first one we listened to. Yeah, the first uh, one Mighty was Microscope. pretty scope. Yeah, yeah, the first one was pretty funky. Super funky. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, not bad. Um, I listened to this album while I uh, scooped a cat box. Hell yeah. That was pretty cool. It was pretty good music for that. I mean, did it? really take you that fucking long to scoop a cat box no 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 this that was just one of many things i did oh, i was gonna I was say this is like a seven or eight minute song and like yeah no totally so like i like how much poop does your cat shit yeah yeah oh man if, if the cat if the cat pooped that much shit that would be really distressing i mean the cat already like enough enough things come out of the cat's holes already yeah. you know like we don't need we don't need more of that very true you know um, but no, that was one of many things that I did while, while I listened to this record. I was cleaning up my house. Nice. Um, so it was, it was, uh, definitely decent music to do that too. What do you think would be a good soundtrack for besides cleaning up your house? Um, maybe the lobby at like the Buckethead Land Hotel. Interesting. Maybe as part of a playlist with like, a whole bunch of other Buckethead stuff. Yeah, I, I guess I could see like at least the last song definitely working on it. Well, yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. 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 Because I, I feel like it is very like, uh, uh, it's a very good example of a certain style that he does. You know what I mean? You, you know what I think it actually might work better at, um, mm. is at the bucket land hotel, but, uh, in the bar in the hotel. Okay. It's hotel bar music. Yeah, but like not during like prime time. This no, is like no. the music the they play the in. Yeah, the middle yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah. This is the lunch shift. This in is the, the bar. true alcoholics music. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. True alcoholic music. That's Bu- bucketholic. That's a <laughs> bucketholic. Uh, that's that's a fun concept. Like true alcoholic music. Uh, who who is true alcoholic music? Ha, uh, um, Jucifer. Oh, okay. Interesting. I've seen that band. I've seen that band play. Uh, like High on Fire, those type of bands. I feel like anything mm-hmm. Matt Pike uh, is in, like you, you drink a lot to that. Sure, sure, Zeke. sure. Oh, Zeke, yes. Zeke. Yes, um, yes. A- anything with like, uh, anything that's like kind of metal, but with like, um, uh, fucking uh, like. Like a little bit of like punk energy like not yeah, yeah, hardcore punk, no, exactly, like, like but punk like, aesthetics but like metal with punk aesthetics or yeah metal with almost like uh oh uh what's that fucking psychobilly oh yeah psychobilly psychobilly Psycho- i think that's how it's pronounced <laughs> psychobilly is that that that's in the dsm5 yeah yeah <laughs> psychobilly i'm into bdsm5 <laughs> BDSM. <laughs> yeah I stole that joke from someone else. Oh, it sounds like a Yes album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's there's some real turds out there in terms of, like, musical genres. Yeah. Yeah. Hate to see them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that was the Pikes for the week. How'd you feel about that? Um, I felt okay about those pikes. I liked the pikes we did last week more, mm-hmm. but those were okay pikes. Those are pretty fun pikes. Fair. Could be fun. Pikes. Pikes. It feels good to say pikes. Shia LaBeouf pikes. Eh, let's not use that. Shia LaBeouf uh, and the pikes. Nope. What do you think Shia LaBeouf's favorite pike is? Um, Balloon cement. It's <laughs> nice. Sure, I believe it. Yeah. Okay, Britt, come on a journey with me. Spencer. Yes. Before we go on a journey, can we um go on a journey? Yes. Into the void. Statements from the bucket Oh my god, Britt, we're here. We are Spencer. We're finally here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're we're at the moment in time that we need to be mm-hmm. to share the statements um that people make yeah. in into the void. We need to shine a light on them. There's been some stuff happening this week. Um uh, maybe not the most stuff happening this week, but there's some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um YouTube user Anthony Festa brings up something interesting. He says, buy his music so he can build Buckethead Land. I I agree with that. Like, uh, how much how much do you think it would cost to build Buckethead Land? Probably a couple hundred million dollars. I don't disagree with that. I mean, like, um, a really good roller coaster alone, I guess, is like up to, I want to say like 
a hundred, hundred fifty million dollars. Wow. And so like if he had some like really nice rides there, like it would probably be billions. Damn. Which is nuts. Damn, can you Google how much it costs to build a theme park? Okay. I mean, because I like don't get me wrong, I've played a shitload of like roller coaster tycoon, but that you know, ain't the same. Oh yeah. You you aren't getting rides for like twenty twenty thousand dollars or anything. Uh so water, water, park. water parks, uh indoor theme parks on average are ten to thirty million. Um the most expensive theme park in the world is Universal Studios Beijing at six point five billion. Holy shit. So you probably figure, you know, at least like a a Disneyland type place is at least a couple billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, essentially I think what Bucket wants. Yeah, that would make the most sense. Yeah, or even, yeah. you know, like a you know, Six Flags type place is probably about, you know, maybe a billion dollars. I want Bucket to have his his uh his Buckethead land. I think yeah. it would be pretty good. I was just I like the idea of him actually building Buckethead land. Like, what if that's what he decided to do with his legacy, was secure funding and build a theme park? I mean, I think that's kind of what he's trying to do, right? It would be pretty sick. I think it is. Like, that's a a fucking sick thing to do. Hell yeah! You, you don't like. I like the idea of like people that are obsessed with something so much that it becomes their like sole life mission to do this like one thing, and that mm-hmm. is part of what attracted me to listening to all the Pikes is because I looked at it and I was like, "Bro, you made three hundred albums. It's fucked up. Like, I want to listen to all that, that shit. Is fucked up. Like, it's it is. It's fucked up. <laughs> like, but it's interesting, you know." Mm-hmm. It's interesting and it's fucked up, and I uh, wanted to hear them. I wanted to hear them all. I want to know what they're like, and I'm glad that I'm doing it. I'm glad you're doing it with me. It's fantastic. YouTube user Justin Buell says, Funkin' I, Bucket Man, Funkin' I. And Dr. Dice responds, Bucket Man, I like this name, the real superhero of our times. Yeah. Definitely. Bucket man, bucket man does whatever a bucket can. Hell yes, dude. Yeah. Like, um, if Buckethead were a superhero, what, what powers do you think he'd have? Uh, flight for sure. Flight. And what, what, what also is his origin story? Mm, oh, that's a great question. Was, I mean, is it the Buckethead origin story? Like, was he raised by chickens in a coop? Yeah. Okay. But like somehow he learned to fly. Like he flies for sure. I would. I think it would be cool if he could control electricity of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like shoot electricity from his fingers. I think that would be sick. That would be pretty. Or from sick. a guitar. Mm-hmm. Like if he just like played riffs and like electricity came out of his guitar. Like I think that 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 idea makes me like genuinely very excited. Like every time I think about like somebody shredding and then just like energy coming out of their instrument and like hurting people mm-hmm. is that i get like really pumped like, like i'm like yeah for, fuck yeah for, force lightning but generated by like shredding yes yes see that that's what i would want and like that's what i would want buckethead to have mm. because i see a, a, you know i i think that buckethead and i have like kindred spirits in some ways mm-hmm. um and i think we like some of the some similar stuff, some similar stuff, you know, different people, obviously, but you know, when it comes to shredding the gnar, I think there's something there. I want that. 
Oh, God, I just want to shoot electricity out of my guitar. Brit, come on. I mean, don't let your dreams be dreams, dude. Hell yeah. Like, there, there's been, like, you know, pyrotechnics things put in guitars. I'm sure electricity could be done. Yeah. I'll have to figure out how to do that. Oh, yeah. So good. What else you got? YouTube user Stazy M sixty nine. Hell yeah. Says nice. Nice. Says this pike is the spawn love child known as Buckethead, created by Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page. Excellent. And then an emoji of the like okay hand. Why does every guitarist have to be like a combination of fucking guitarists from the 60s? Yeah, I don't know. That's like the most common sentiment I see online. Like, I don't understand it either. No. It's so dumb. It's like the lowest common denominator commentary on music. Uh, that that said though, what 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 I liked about this mm-hmm. is the idea of Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix fucking. Oh yeah, who who do you think would be top? Fucking Jimi Hendrix, obviously, obviously. Dude, dude hangs so much more dong than dude, Page. Yeah, so much more, so much more, so much more. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You yeah. know, you know, Jimmy had that fat cock. Hell yeah, dude. Hundred percent. No, he would he would fold Jimmy Page like the page in a book. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. He'd bookmark yeah. that shit. He would, <laughs> he would dog ear that. Oh yeah, and forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, this is a comment on Pike 101 in the Hollow Hills. In the Hollow Hills. And YouTube user Mr. C 5150, who's Whose photo, I might add, is a fucking picture of a snowman playing guitar. That rules so hard. Pretty rad. Um, and they say, released the day before my 55th birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. C5150. Hell yeah. Shred on, brother. Yeah, what do you think C stands for? Uh, Cock. Mr. Cock, Mr. 5150. Cock. Yep, love it. That means he listens to Van Halen and fucks, which we all know makes you pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, you're looking at some things that distress me. Um, <laughs> uh, YouTube user Gene, Latin, uh, Gene Latanzi, six years ago, says... I'm only just recently paying attention to Buckethead's music. Wow, what did I wait so long for? And then Paul Weston responds, a bit like Pink Floyd, huh? And then T-Sun responds, Paul Weston, Pink Floyd are toddlers compared to this guy. Toddlers, huh? That, that, see, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. I like the idea of toddler as an insult. Like, you know, you don't hear that too often. Uh, that makes me think that person probably has kids and probably hates their kids. Probably, like, yeah. or or he like, or his like, um, his kids are like immensely talented, like David Gilmore and Roger Waters. And he's <laughs> just like, Shh, stop with the fucking ten minute solos. I'm trying to sleep. God damn it! <laughs> we get it. You can play the guitar well. 
and you know how to use delay and reverb. All right, we give stop. Oh yeah, no. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, it's cool to call uh, call bands toddlers. Mm-hmm. I Pink Floyd sound like toddlers. I don't know. I like Pink Floyd. They're good. Whatever. Yeah, they are real good. All right. We're going to need to explain something to Cheesy here. Mm-hmm. YouTube user Cheesy, it's C-H-E-E, capital Z-Y, six years ago says, How just don't get it? I'm an old Buckethead fan, and I recently went on Wikipedia for his discog. I just realized that there is, like, a new, quote-unquote, pike, like, every week. What the hell? Is he really that productive? I mean, I wouldn't be that surprised coming from him, but hey, it's awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, it I is. agree. And you know, like, he does have one person helping him do all this. He does. And one, one. At least one person that we know. Yeah, yeah, right? true. Well, Albert is still credited. And we, we, I mean, Albert's probably Buckethead, but... Probably. What would, wouldn't it be interesting if Albert were actually the guitarist who played on all of these? Interesting. Yeah, that would be although, really Although weird. Albert's only credited with production. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think that means that he wears, like, the sock Albert on his hand while he, like, uses the computer? Uh, no. So, the, so are you talking his uh, his puppet? Yeah. So his puppet's named Herbie. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. I thought uh, this, I thought it was Albert. No, no. No, Albert is just someone who's credited and has never okay. really appeared. And right. Albert's mentioned on a song or something somewhere. Like one of the songs huh. with lyrics. Oh, right, right, right. Or yeah, he's mentioned in the, the intro, I think, to uh, one of the songs on Bucket Headland, the album. Interesting. Yeah. I want to know more about Albert, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the fact that it's like a partnership makes it a little bit more interesting to me. Um, I like that, you know, it's just, they're just cranking these records out. And they hold, I feel like they hold themselves to a reasonably high standard. Like the music that they put out is music. It makes sense and it works. And that's something to be said. Hell yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. YouTube user Kulo DeGrasa says, I remember when I started to listen to Buckethead, I was like 12, oh, 13 years. And I told my friends, look at this guy is a fucking genius. They got so impressed that they showed this amazing stuff to other friends. I bet this is repeated for many of us. Today, Buckethead is known for a big community, and I'm still a huge fan. Thanks for this music, BH. Hell yeah, BH. Thank you. Hell yeah, BH. I like it. So this is looping back around to community. It was something we were talking about earlier. The the show by Dan the, Harmon. The commu- community of the show starring Joel McHale. Um, from from Daniel Harmon, um, Steely Dan Harmon, Steely Dan <laughs> Harmon. <laughs> oh man, I okay. You know, I really turned a corner on Community. I liked that show a lot when it was airing, but like, I caught some of that recently, and I was like, man, this shit has not aged well. It is cringy and bad now. Really? Yes. Oh, why? I just the the style of humor. I feel like is very very of the time like that was the sort of shit that people liked at that time and i feel like 
I guess my taste in humor or like the type of humor I see in TV shows now has changed and it is different and it is, I like it better. I don't know. Anyways, let's go out on, well, let's, well, okay. We're not quite done, but we're done almost with statements from YouTube specifically. And we're going to go out with something from our friend, Jordan Vine. Um, who again reiter- reiterating the, the Love Jordan Fine. reiterating the points that we need to make on mm-hmm. this and every podcast? Buckethead is the greatest guitarist that has ever, 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 ever existed. There is nothing more to say on the matter. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that from you. Yeah, Jordan Fine. Thank you. Um, so let's do uh, some statements from the Britain Void now. Uh, my favorite part of the okay. show. <laughs> and so these, okay, so these three that I'm going to share, I found these like literally while I w- while you were like grabbing drinks. Like this, okay. is, I did not put effort into this, but you know, just a little bit of searching just brings up gold. Like it, it's good. March 16th, 2020 at 8.08 PM, you texted me. Not going to lie. I listened to Sweating Bullets at least eight times today. The voice Mustaine uses might be one of the top five things I find funniest in this world. <laughs> it, it really is. Like, when he comes in, Hello me, it's the real me. It's just, Hello me, it's me again. <laughs> it's so, like, dumb. Like, there is nothing dumb. No one talks like that, and if they do, they probably are asking to be punched. Yeah, it's like he's like voice acting for a cartoon that doesn't exist. Right, and he's like the like the bully. He's like, "Hey, kid, get back here!" Like, <laughs> bam. He's he's like he's fucking he's like he's Roger Klotz in that song. Oh, Doug, funny, it's me again. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, you follow it up with, "I want to change my ringtone to Hello, me." It's the real me. Hello, me. It's me again. Well, me. It's nice talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. The well, me. It's nice talking to myself at the end of the song is really like that song is written like the worst letter ever. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's wonderful. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, November 10th, 2018 at 930 p.m. You texted me, dude, I don't care. I am dishwashing legend in all of the kitchens I've worked. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's something to be proud of. Yeah, I, I know. Am, I know. It's I good. That is something to be proud, proud of. proud of my dishwashing. Yeah. You kill, you're killing it. Yeah. I just like that this statement was made to me at 9.30 p.m. Excellent. For some reason. Uh, pretty good. Um and then we have, lastly, um, a remnant from Halloween's past. Excellent. October 31st, 2018, at 12.21 a.m. This was unprompted, by the way. So, you know, that's, that makes it extra funny in context. Mm-hmm. You texted me, <laughs> Bread like a bull, boop as your soup. I'd rather die. Then rewatch Goof Troop. <laughs> bread like a bull. Dip me some skull. Got a bread dip cup. 
Don't drink that, please. <laughs> New England chowder is what you deserve. Your order's up. You'll soon be served. Zed was a mole in Police Academy 4. Tony Hawk had a role. Citizens on Patrol. (laughs) (laughs) Had a surprising role by a young Sharon Stone. Thanks for that. (laughs) That song rules, dude. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, pretty good. Uh, anyways, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank, thanks, Spencer. Thanks, the internet. Yeah. And iMessage. Statements from the bucket boy. Hey, Spencer, what do you got to recommend to me this week? Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Couple of things. Firstly, uh-huh. you know what's fun to do? What's that? It's cut the sleeves off your shirts. Dude, so cutting sleeves and like legs off pants, making mm-hmm. jorts. Yeah, yeah, I made some jorts today. Hell yeah, dude. Love making jorts. These are fresh jorts. These are fresh new shorts. boys. Ooh, ooh, hell yeah, yeah. Love me some fresh jorts. Like that that was the second half of this was cutting the sleeves off your shirts. Cutting the pants off your, your your pants off your pants. Yeah, you know, vibing out with your skin out because the summer sun's out, guns out. Hell yeah, that's that's and my. By, by that he means open carry. Everybody, <laughs> take take your assault rifles to Walmart. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what it's Spencer's really cool. Saying. It's really cool to take your assault rifle to Wendy's while you order a baked potato. The hotter it gets, the the more ammunition you carry with mm-hmm. you. That's mm-hmm. the, you got to strap it to you. You got to be tactical. You got to get yeah. the tactical gear. Yeah. I you got to you got to have tactics. Yeah, like what what do you mean the frosty machine's broken? You know yeah, you, you got to threaten people with your guns too. Yeah. yeah. For I sure. mean, you don't you don't I mean, don't I mean, don't I mean, don't yeah. don't point your gun at anybody. No, 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 no. That but would be like, an, uh, illegal. Cocking no. a shotgun is threatening. Mhm. And it gets things done. It gets that that frosty yeah. machine working. <laughs> you know? It could. It it very well could. It very well could. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Recommended. Uh, do that. Cool off. Stay mm-hmm. cool. Air conditioning's cool. It is. Uh, but really, like the the jorts and the, what what's the what's the shirt version of of jorts? It's a tank top. You tank top it. Mm. You tank it. Okay. Because I mean, you know, that's, a, like, that's better. Yeah, and you can crop it too. You can make you can it crop a crop it. top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cropping's cool. Crop and tank. Cropping's tank cool. and tank and crop. Yeah. 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 Um, it does, it does, it's not as fun to say as jorts. No. Jorts, what is more fun to say in the English fucking language than jorts? I mean, it is a really fun thing to say. Yeah. Oh, you know what's, you know what's, uh, gymnasium. <laughs> a website? <laughs> Web, website. <laughs> a website. Oh my God. The listeners don't know this, but for a time... You got really obsessed with the word website and started saying it to me all the time. And now I can't stop thinking about it. Like, you just fuck up my brain. Yeah, and see, see the thing <laughs> is, I haven't thought about it in years. I know. Like, I'm I only still think about thinking it when you bring it. it up, which is, like, the greatest psychological torture ever played, right? But, but, like, the listeners don't know. You get obsessed with these words. You say them a lot in a lot of ways. Website. <laughs>
Yep. Pretty cool. Uh, pretty good. Um, so I would recommend that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much it. Do that. Also, eat popsicles. Banana-flavored popsicles. Ooh, banana Excellent. pops are so good. Some people are not into banana artificial flavor. Oh, but it's the best. It, I think it's amazing. It's yeah. the best, It's dude. so good. Dude. Like, you know what's really good is to have a banana-flavored popsicle and then follow it up with a root beer-flavored popsicle. Fuck yes, dude. Fuck yes. Yeah, both those are solid popsicles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Grape would be my third. Grape's all right, depending on the brand. Like, some of them just aren't grapey enough. Yeah, yeah. You really want to get graped. I want to get graped right in my mouth. Yeah. Like, I want it to tear me up. Yeah. Yep. Um, But, yeah. There we go. Mm -hmm. That's what I recommend. What you got for me? Uh, Well, it's something uh, I'm going to recommend to the uh, the listeners that uh, you imbibed in last night with me. Mm-hmm, uh, one mm-hmm. Artur I, I've been on, on this Artur kick I told y'all I think last week about Dale Stelly oh yeah um, amazing filmmaker who made a sweet potato pie among uh, among other things but uh, last night we watched a film from one of my favorite Arturs and probably my favorite Canadian Artur working right now a man who <laughs> goes by the name of Frank D'Angelo who's uh-huh. a, a magnate for uh, a company that um, does like restaurant touring as well as um, is like the supply chain for a bunch of different like chips and energy drink brands in Canada. And so the guy is mm-hmm. like super wealthy and just blows his money on these, uh, you know, passion projects more like, I don't know. I guess they're passion projects. It, it's yeah, the, the, he does feel passionate. Yeah, like oh, I mean, the final product does feel passionate in a way. It's um, so lazy, though. If, if misguided, it's it's so yeah, it's so dog shit. So we watched a film yesterday mm-hmm. uh, called "The Joke Thief" yep. from what 2018? 2018, yeah, 2018, yeah. Um, wow, that's all I gotta say is wow, and like I. Early on in the film, you said, so much of this movie is fucking open mic, and you were not kidding. So it's, much of the movie is open it's, mic. I'd say at least 50% of the movie is people doing open mic jokes, and the rest of it is this guy in the back of a cab being an asshole to this Indian cab driver mm-hmm. and mildly racist to him. Yes. And he's also, the, in his cut to, like, flashbacks of him, like, being a shitty person in other places. Right. It doesn't make him look good. It's like, he just like fucks everyone over. And yeah. He's like a giant dick. Yeah. And like, then gets to go at, to an open mic and tell bad jokes. And then everybody tells him he did. Well, he tells two jokes sort of. And then everybody's like, Oh, you did so good. And then he's like, hell yeah. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's dog shit. It's terrible. It's, it's but I mean, like it. It is definitely an interesting character study because he is the the star of the film. Yeah, he's the star of the film, the writer of the film, and the director of the film. And so, like, you get a very clear view into his artistic vision and uh, how giant of a pile of dog shit it really is. Yeah, it's really absolutely bad. My my uh my favorite part was probably the the bloopers at the end. Yes. So I'm using air quotes around bloopers. Oh, God. Uh, because they're, they're outtakes more than anything. Yeah. 
because yeah he is such a fucking asshole to the crew in those outtakes that they left in the film it's like him just being a dick to like the other actors and stuff like that was very illuminating for me like if he if that's the stuff they left in the film can you imagine how he treats the poor people that work for him yes i can imagine like, exactly oh how yeah them. i know exactly and it was like oh my god this dude like what the fuck um that being said the the film is awkward and awful and filled with like random nonsense but it's surprisingly well made in the sense that it's well well yeah kind of it's well it's well shot like Mm -hmm. and it's paced all right for what a piece of shit it is for what it is yeah like they they do like it's edited fairly well but the content is just so nothing like there's nothing there it's uh yeah they're like there's a lot of jokes in the film and none of them are good. <laughs> it's a, uh, it, it's truly an exercise in like, if you want to make yourself suffer, like it is suffering. If you want to make yourself sit through a bunch of jokes that are going to be awful, awful grown inducing jokes. Like you should do that. It's good. I rec- I, I took over your recommend, but I also recommend that. Thank you. And uh, speaking of awful groan-inducing jokes that you are required to sit oh, through. So we um we decided that uh this segment has been a little bit too funny for the past few weeks so instead of using my own jokes uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, i'm going to consult the internet for some jokes about buckethead and buckethead related things and um we're going to start with uh, some some kfc jokes okay are you ready i'm uh, as a former employee of Colonel Sanders himself, I'm ready. Oh yes, were you? What were you, an Ensign Sanders? <laughs> Something like that. Okay. Private. Um, There's a lot of privates being. I think whatever. Um, the KFC near my house is haunted. Yep. They think it's a poultry geist. Uh. Yeah. Um, this girl once asked me if I was more of a breast or legs guy, and I, um, told her I'm more into anal and feet, <laughs> and, uh, now I can't go to that KFC anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright, alright, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this one. Why are women like a <laughs> KFC? Oh no. By the time you're finished with the breast and the thigh, all you have left is a greasy box to pop your bone in. <laughs> what? No! Where did you find this joke? What do you call a prostitute behind a KFC? Oh no. A $5 fill up. <laughs> I mean, that's a deal. That's a deal. $5. It's pretty good. Yeah. What do you uh what do you call Phil and Salmo behind a KFC begging for heroin? <laughs> I don't, I don't. Also a five dollar fill up. 
<laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, why do bulimics love KFC? Oh no! Because it comes with a bucket. <laughs> it's kind of good. <laughs> um, that was pretty good. <laughs> Dude, that that women joke was really something. That was really bad. Um, have you heard about the new KFC Hillary Clinton special? <laughs> no. It's two small breasts, two large thighs, and no left wings. <laughs> wow. You went there. What are we doing here? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Leave the burps in. I, okay. <laughs> okay, what's got eight legs and sounds like a vacuum sucking up honey? Uh, I don't know. That greedy bastard at KFC. What? What's the difference between a podcast host and a cashier at KFC? Oh, fuck. Not much. <laughs> I mean, a job application. <laughs> nice. Nice. Mm. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, we're going to close out with this one. Um, <clears throat> what do you, um, who do you complain to when you don't like your corn at KFC? Uh, tell me. The colonel. <laughs> okay. We did it. It's my favorite stinger. I like that one. Um, yeah, we uh, we're made it through. We did it. We're here. We're at the end. We are at the end. This is the end. This is the end. My only friend besides Spencer. But da da da. All right. Uh huh. Yep. This has been Britain, and this has been Spencer. You've been listening to Getting Head, a bucket cast. Stay greasy. Bucketheads. Namaste.